everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Life. Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Life. I'm here with JF and he's laughing at me. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It is episode 289. Who would think we would have 289 episodes? Did we ever think that would ever happen? Well, I didn't think that was going to happen one day. I have to be honest with you. I listened to 288 last week, so I was kind of thought 289 was coming up. Okay, there you go. And mm -hmm. you're here to share with us. And I'm excited about that. And today's topic mm -hmm. is what are we planting? And we are sponsored today by Soberlink. Soberlink, as we know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Nearly 15 million people in the US have an alcohol use disorder. That is alcohol alone. Only 10% of those people get help. This can be attributed to the stigma. Just like Busy Living Sober, we want to change the stigma, so does Soberlink. Soberlink strives to erase the stigma of alcohol addiction. Their remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people be more accountable in their sobriety. I've teamed up with Soberlink to create the resource guide, Tips for Keeping Busy Living Sober for those in recovery. If you visit www.soberlink.com slash BLS, you can download the resource guide. And if you or someone you know can benefit from accountability for alcohol recovery, you'll also find a form on that page to get a $50 promo code. That's a $50 wow. promo code. So if anybody's looking for this device, it can totally help you out to be accountable to your family, to your courts, whatever it is you need to be accountable to, but check out soberlink.com. Mm. So thanks Soberlink. So here we are. Here we are. We're down to brass tacks now. We got the business brass done. Brass tacks, wow, how about that? <laughs> I sounded kind of important right there, didn't I? <laughs> so it's been, we've been, I have especially been planting a lot of plants recently because it's spring here in North Florida. Um, JF said, you know, I think your topic this week should be planting. And so what do you think about planting when it comes to recovery? Well, you know, you talk about in your stories all the time. You, there's a couple of things you like to talk about. Planting seeds is one of them. You also love to talk about, you know, <clears throat> having good roots and the palm tree. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that, you, that goes along with that. So I think there's a lot of those. And, you know, for me, it's really about planting seeds because um, that's what so much of recovery is, I think. Anyway, at least for me, I know that um, uh, I didn't know anything about recovery. I wasn't the least bit interested in recovery. Um, I could care less about recovery. And I ended up in recovery. Um, and, uh, you know, the, and the thing that kept me really was, you know, just that, that seed of hope that I saw um, when I first got in. And I didn't even really, I didn't realize I was hopeless. You know, I had no idea, but um, it was that seed that just kept me in there, you know, and it, it kept me coming back um, and it kept me around and it's kept me around for a very long time. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful for the people that planted that seed in me because um, that's all it took, you know, that's amongst other things that we can talk about. 
Well, I think that it's interesting because you brought up a couple of things that I want to talk about and, and go deeper with. So the planting of the seeds, you know, I think that, like you said, you didn't realize you're hopeless. I don't think we realize how really hopeless we are when we come in, when we decide that alcohol has kicked our butt and we need to do something different with it and that we might need to actually break up with booze. And I think when we get to that place and we then determine, oh my gosh, I, that was my God. At least for me, it was, it was like, it was what I, everything was a party. It was all about the party. And my party was not only, do, I still love the party, the actual being with people. I love that. That's like my thing. I love people. I feed off people. I feed off the energy. I love parties, but the booze part, you know, was the part that became so hopeless what I became so hopeless with because I didn't understand what was wrong with me. I was like, what is wrong with me? What is, why does it, is it that every time I have a glass of wine, I need to have 47. And see, I never even gave it that much thought. Um, no, this is after the fact. This sure. is not, this is not right. when I came in. Because no. I, 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 and I, and I can really relate because I had, I had a lifestyle that I had been living for a long time. And, uh, you know, I thought um, that, you know, on a, on a deep level, I really, I thought that booze was the answer. Like I thought that this is the thing that always fixes my problems. You know, whenever, whatever, whatever it is, have a drink, makes it feel better, makes it go away, you know? Um, and I couldn't, I, for, for me, I couldn't understand why it was making everybody around me so upset, you know, that I was drinking was making them so upset. I could, I just, I didn't get it. Like, didn't they understand that this was the thing that was you know, that was fixing me. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's like, it's one of those things where when you live in a, a crazy lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, you know, when you, when you are living in the craziness, it becomes normal. And so you can't see that it's not normal. So, you know, like I said, I had no idea that I was hopeless um, until I came into to AA. You know, I had never really thought about I, I never really, never seriously contemplated stopping drinking um, because it just didn't, like that idea didn't seem like a good idea. That, that was, you know, that was my solution. Um, and I didn't realize that it was my problem. Um, and, and I really didn't know it until I had been in a rooms for a while. Um, and they talked about a life beyond your wildest dreams. And, um, and it, it it dawned on me in sort of a, a lightning bolt fashion that um, like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a drink in whatever it's been, four months. I haven't been drunk in four months. I haven't been in trouble in four months. I haven't had any problems in four months. And you know, for me, the real key was I haven't been drunk in four months. And I could never put together the fact that drinking was getting me drunk. Like I could not make that connection. I just thought it was something else that I was doing wrong, you know, that kept getting me there. I had no idea that it was actually drinking. And uh, I didn't, I didn't know in, until in that moment, I didn't know that, um, wow, it, I never knew that I could live without a drink. Like, I didn't know it. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think anybody did it. Um, and that was the hopelessness that I was unaware of. You know, I was really stuck in that life. And if God hadn't intervened in my life, um, I would have stayed stuck in it. There's no question about it. You know, left to my own devices, I would have, I, could, I couldn't even see clearly enough to even think about getting out of it, you know?
Oh, I totally agree. I think that, I mean, for you, you had a different ending of your drinking story than I did, but you know, I think that when I feel like the first seed, if I were to say the first seed I had that was planted in me was when, you know, I'd had friends that were kind of, that stopped hanging out with me so much. So that was kind of a seed. I kind of recognized there's a way that I, you know, friends had said, or were no longer in my life. They were like, I can't hang out with her. She, I mean, they were normal drinkers and I scared them. So that might've been the first seed. And then I remember one of my siblings, especially, I'm not going to name names, but one of my siblings would say, why can't you just have one glass of wine? What is wrong with you? Why do you always have to push it? And that's another seed that was planted. I was like, why do I have to push it all the time? And then I was like, I can't choose. Like I, there, like you just said, there was no choice. It was like, once I was in it, I was in it. Mm -hmm. There was no kind of halfway. And I think that is with everything in my life today. It's like, I either go all the way or I don't go at all. That's me. I don't go like half-ass. I'm not like a half-ass or it's not like, you know, with this planting, it wasn't like I did a little bit. No, I worked my butt off till it was done. It's not the only butt you worked off. I've, I've worked off his butt too. Um, <laughs> but that's how I am. I'm like, I want it done. And people are always looking at me. I have a dear friend who says, I don't know how you get all that stuff done in one day. And um, it's because I'm that all or nothing person. I just want to keep it going. Well, I think that's a real trait of, like the alcoholic slash addictive, you know, personality is you're either all in or you're all out. Um, and uh, it's nice when it pertains to something that's healthy or, you know, or positive, you know, it's not so nice when it really pertains to what it pertains to with us all the time, which is obsessive compulsive behavior, um, you know, that we engage in, in order to avoid feelings uh, and thoughts and guilt and well, all the other stuff that goes along with it. Well, I know for a fact that, um, that you, my friend, get into that. I don't get some, I'm not so compulsive in that it has to be perfect. I just want it done. Mm -hmm. That's my whole thing. I want it done, signed, sealed, and delivered. No, I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about, um, you know, if you, I don't, it's like a broadly about people like us, you know, people get sober, but then they're still involved with like food, sex, shopping, exercise, running. Well, see, know, and I don't, but see, and I don't, and now, so I'm going to disagree. Mm -hmm. I'm going to disagree with you because I think that's a human trait. I don't think it's an alcoholic trait. I think mm -hmm. that's a human trait because I think that then every person has something because every person walking on this planet has one thing or another. I don't care. If, let's right. just, just think about who, what, you know, like what, I'm not going to get into what's going on really in politics mm -hmm. but you know there's one person who wants to you know take it up like what is he and i don't know if he's now called but you know it's just like we all have something i just mm -hmm. think for me the alcohol thing and that's why we all have something and why do we let booze become like why do we let it get to the place where we get it to instead of going you know what i have a problem with this i don't do it right i wake up and i hate myself that for, I think, a normal thinking person, and I'm doing this in air quotes for those of you that aren't mm -hmm. watching this on YouTube, you know, for a normal thinking person, you're like, well, God, that makes me feel this certain way. I know a friend, I know somebody who was like, I got drunk on tequila once and I'll never drink tequila again. I'm like, that did not stop me. 
Yeah. I did not give a shit if I gotten sick on tequila or if I gotten sick of something. I still would be like, especially when I was already like halfway buzzed and they're like, you want this? Sure. sure. I'm a trash can. <laughs> I'm a trash can when it comes to booze. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a normal person, I think, would be like, okay. And I've heard people that have said that, that they're like, I got sick on this kind of drink, so I'll never drink it again. And I'm like, mm. Mm. Never happened to me like that. Nope. But, you know, I, but I do think that when I did get to that place of going, you know what, I, cause I didn't have handcuffs around my, you know, you mm -hmm. had handcuffs around your arms, mm -hmm. you know, you had no way out. You were like, God was like, you're going to jail or you're getting sober. Or both. Right. <laughs> I mean, and that uh, was from a DUI. I mean, I think that, um, I think that when we realize, because alcohol does something to us. I mean, it's a spirit. It spiritually changes us, right? Mm -hmm. And I that was a seed that was planted when I got sober. You know, this is not has nothing to do with your moral code. It has nothing to do with our moral code. But so many people are scared to go into 12-step programs. You know, I went, I was at a meeting this morning on a Zoom meeting and somebody came and they're like, I tried to do this on my own. I tried to get sober by myself. I didn't have any help. I just did it on my own and I just wasn't successful. And I think the reason that is, and I might be wrong. I'm, this is my own opinion. This is not the opinion of anyone else, but Elizabeth Chance. Let's hear That's it. it. Elizabeth Chance has one thought about it. And I think the reason is, is that, we need as humans, we like to be around other humans. Okay. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm alone. And so I think maybe some people only want to be with a few humans where I could be with, I don't care how many, I could be with tons and tons and tons of people and I'm totally fine. I love it, but we need each other. And if we have someone that we can trust, that's important. First is having someone you can trust. Mm -hmm. That's another seed I'm going to plant in you guys. Find someone you can trust that you can talk to and be honest with. And I think that if you do it by yourself, who are you talking to? Yourself? Okay, That's... well, yourself talking to yourself does not get you anywhere. No, I agree with you 100% on that. <laughs> then you're kind of like, it's like, okay, my brain's thinking this, my brain's thinking that. And you're not getting another perspective that says, like, I normally, a, a lot of people that call me and I help with, I normally find the silver lining on whatever's going on with them because they owe a lot. When in doubt, the person is, has, is self-loathing. Okay. Is self-loathing has self-loathing has shame, right? Mm -hmm. They feel bad about themselves. So they're judging others. They feel terrible. And I want them to change the whole way of thinking and go, you know what? You're doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. You're doing a really good job, whether or not you're a worker if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're an employee, whatever you have, you know, I want people to turn and look at the huge thing, accomplishment, because not drinking one day is a huge accomplishment. I think sometimes that's lost in the periphery of like everybody wanting to be like, like getting to an end and being, I don't know, like checking something off your box. But I think getting sober is not checking something up your, off your box. I think it's, it, it changes, you know, in life, I think just like life, right. It mm -hmm. changes, but I know like for me, I, I, I haven't been going to 12 step meetings as much as I used to. I haven't been in neither of you. Mm -hmm. And do, does it make me think I'm going to drink? Do I think it makes you think you're going to drink? No, no, no. Right now I, my life, and I'm going to talk for myself and I'm going to have you talk. Cause I feel like I'm talking so much. Surprise, that's, surprise. That's fine. It's surprise, surprise. I'm talking so uh -huh. much, but thanks for be bearing with me.
but I think that at that time I needed a lot of meetings to go to. And then right now I just don't. And if, if that changes, I'll go back to more. It's, mm -hmm. I, it's available. You know, there is one right down the street. It might not be what I want, but it's down the street. And when I travel, especially, cause I love going to meetings in different cities, but and why do I love going to different meetings? Different because I hear different things. Because my brain, my brain goes to, I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't like me. That's number one. Number two, I have fear, 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 fear that I'm not going to keep what I have, or fear that I'm not going to get what I want. Right. Yep. Those are seeds I picked up along my journey of sobriety. And this fear isn't really, you know, if fear is there, but it's like there's fear here and there's faith here. And either I'm going to be in the faith or I'm going to be in the fear. And I'm the one that's in control of my thoughts. I can say to myself, you know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to the fear. I'm not going to go to the fear. I'm going to go to the faith. I'm going to go, all right, for this moment, for this second, I'm going to believe that everything's going to be okay. Even if I don't know that that's true and I'm kind of lying to myself, I'm just going to go there. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? What? At the end of the second, you're like, everything was okay in that second. Let's try another second. You know, same way you keep sober. Sometimes a second at a time, piece it all together and it turns out to be just fine. You know? And I have so many, and I've watched this so many times with people, again, people I work with and with myself. And again, this is all hindsight stuff, you guys. So if you're newly sober or you're just learning to put down a drink, this might not happen right away. So don't be upset with yourself. Like, why don't I feel like that? Um, it's all baby steps. You're getting these seeds along the way that are going to work for you. Getting are so important. And um, so getting these seeds, I'm trying to tell these, I've got stuff coming in, sorry. Um, but getting all these seeds put together help you along the way. And what I was gonna mention is that I have so many people that I work with and I watch these people and I learn from them because they say to me, I have women that I work with that are like, oh my God, this is gonna be so bad. This is, I'm focusing all this attention on something that's going to be so bad in the future. Mm -hmm. They're not in today at all. Not in today at all. They're in the future. And then the future happens. And everything they thought about doomsday doesn't happen. Yep. Doesn't happen. But they've been sitting there focused on doomsday for so long that they forgot to realize all these beautiful things that are happening with them right this very second. That's true. People will do that. No question about it. We, I think that's a human trait. Talk about human traits. So I think human trait is to always try to be focused on the outcome, focused on what's going to happen and think you actually know what's going to happen. And then once you convince yourself, you know, what's going to happen, then you're really, then you're really in trouble. Cause the truth is for, at least for me, anyway, if I look back at my life, you know, um, in all my wildest imaginations of what was going to happen. Nothing that I ever actually did were things that I actually imagined that I was ever going to do. You know, they just happened and here I am, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm to totally down with that. Like I'm good with that. I, I realized that I'm wasting my time when I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future. 
I'm just wasting my time. I don't need to waste my time. So I don't do it anymore. But I was also thinking about, um, you know, what you talked about um, in terms of, uh, you know, people trying to get sober on their own and it didn't work. And, and I was thinking to, to get back to the planting and analogy, you know, and that seed of hope that gets planted, planted in me anyway. Like once the seed's in, you know, you're a gardener. You can't just put a seed in the ground and say, that's it. You know, you have to water it. You have to fertilize it. You know, you have to, you have to do what you have to do to get it to, to germinate. Right. And uh, so that's what I was kind of thinking in those, you know, to use our analogy anyways, part of the, part of the tending of the seed is really in a simple, simplest way to me is like, it's an, it's an ask for help. And uh, so, you know, I may look at something and say, but, you know, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to handle that. And then I can decide I'm going to figure it out on my own. But if I just don't know, I'm never going to figure it out. Right. Um, but I can ask for help. You know, sometimes if it's stuff around the house, I can just go on YouTube and see how somebody else did it. But I still, I have to see how somebody else did it, you know, which is, could be the, like the zoom analogy, but a lot of times, especially in recovery, I just need to be there and be around people because I need to hear what I need to hear, but I don't know what it is until I actually hear it, you know, and that's what keeps the, the seed alive and that's what keeps it going. And that's the other seed that has to be planted, at least in this alcoholic is, you know, the seed of willingness. And I need to be willing to change. And the biggest change that, that I have to make as an alcoholic is, is that I have to be, um, I, I have to be willing to listen to somebody else and stop listening to myself all the time and think maybe somebody else has an answer that somebody else has the right idea that it's not just me. And I see the evidence of that, you know, especially when I'm brand new and recovering, and I look around the room and I see smiling faces and happy people that are successful and, and living good lives. Um, and I'm new and I don't understand, like, how could you possibly be happy and smiling when, you know, your booze has been taken away? Like, I don't get it, you know, but then I stick around for a little while and, you know, the seed gets tended to and I get it. And sometimes you hear things you're like, I'm not, I don't relate to that or I don't relate to this, but there's always some nugget that you do get. Mm -hmm. There's some nugget and it's really planting the seed and, um, is, and I, and for those of you that haven't heard my palm, palm, um, palm tree analogy, because we do live in Florida now, there is this palm tree analogy that I have that, you know, a palm tree is, you know, they're not that big wide around. They're very, actually, a lot of them are slender. I'm looking at one out my window. I'm actually looking at two of them out my window. And, um, you know, they, they stand, withstand these winds and sometimes even hurricanes and they just go and they bend over and they come back straight up and they look great again. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's how it is for me. I wanted to be, I didn't know this when I first got quit, put down the drink, but I, I don't want to, I want to not drink. I, I, I want my, my focus to be on not, I, I want to not drink more than I want to drink. Does that make sense? So yes. I want to, I want to constantly have that sense of like, all right, I'm okay. And that's because I got these seeds. So my seeds in my basket that, so if I went to go harvest my basket of the seeds that I planted, you know, I've got my gratitude list. 
I have meditation, I have prayer, I have people I can talk to, mm-hmm. I can go to a meeting if I want to, I can go in person, I can go on Zoom, I can play, read some stuff. There's always so many, so there's so many seeds that fill my basket and make it so yummy, right? Because it's all different, colorful and all different things. And why are you laughing at 